Ahem. I again have to issue an apology. Last time on Staggering Stories, I said we should not say hello to the head of Pertwee and I quote, what's the worst that could happen? As it turns out, his powers are endless and the worst that could happen is that he could put the entire country back into lockdown again. I apologise to the head of Pertwee and ask him to open up my clothes shop again because I need a new pair of knickers. That is all. (laughs) Not going to do it, she says. What's the worst that could happen, she says. (laughs) It's your fault. The country state of affairs is your fault. Yeah. It is totally my fault. Oh, dear. How long is your fringe? Apologies and lockdowns aside, welcome, welcome, welcome to podcast 354. I'm Jean. I'm Adam. I'm Fake Keith. And I, yes, I am... Already getting on my tits and we're less of the weekend. Love you, <laughs> love you too. <laughs> Where I'm from, there's a disembodied hand coming into the Skype page every now and then. Occasional. <laughs> why, why is this camera just on me and well, not you? Well, you don't need my face, you only need my voice. It's you and my the cat's ass, basically. <laughs> don't call him that, we've discussed this. <laughs> Anyway, without any uh, further ado, it's the news with El Presidente. Woo! Torchwood news. Oh, yep. Yeah. 15th anniversary at Big Finish. Good God. Can you believe it will be 15 years of Torchwood? the programme, that is, next year in 2021. Yeah. Either way, the BBC seems to have forgotten the anniversary, but the audio mongers at Big Finish are never ones to miss such an opportunity. <laughs> their ongoing monthly Torchwood range is set to continue, hitting their 50th release in 2021. And there may be more besides. James Goss, producer of their Torchwood range, said... Followers will get a real treat with the 50th release. We're also looking at doing something really lovely to celebrate Torchwood's 15th anniversary. We've been recording it for over a year and are still going. And there'll be several other special releases. (laughs) Find out more at bigfinish.com if your wallet can stand it. Dun, dun, dun. Recording for a year. One of of the things I've been doing in lockdown Mm 2.0 is catching up with... (laughs) Torchwood, because I only semi-watched some of season two and three. I watched season one, but in and out two and three. So I've just done season one. Twenty-five episodes. (laughs) I know. Um, And I'm just starting season two. And I'd actually forgotten. It is annoying at times, but it is also quite good. It is good. It it got better by season two. Mm. And three is excellent. We should mention to our our lovely listener that (laughs) Crumbly's not allowed to play with us anymore. No. 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 Stay away. Well, none. None of us are allowed to play with no, each other no. anymore. No. Yes. We are. We, we got are to sit at home and play with ourselves again. 
<laughs> which Adam's yeah. doing with the camera on, and it's very off-putting. With the head of oh, Kirby in the background. Grant and taught me everything I know. <laughs> 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 the, the cat is washing herself, and she's got her leg rested on my back. <laughs> so she's playing oh. with herself then. <laughs> well, she is, and it's quite vocal. I'm not sure if you can hear it on the on the uh, microphone. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Oh dear. Anyway, who's doing the next one? I think you are because Keith's tablet's okay. just turned on. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts. Johnny Depp, no longer welcome. John Whoa. Christopher Depp the second has resigned. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's nice. He was asked to leave. He's resigned. Yes, voluntary yep. <laughs> redundancy. Yep. In a pushed kind of way from the upcoming third Fantastic Beasts films. This comes hot on the heels of Depp losing a libel case against the British newspaper that accused him of being a wife-beater. Warner mm. Brothers said in a statement, Johnny Depp will depart the Fantastic Beasts franchise. We thank Johnny for his work on the films to date. Fantastic Beasts <laughs> 3 is currently in production and the role of Gellart Grindelwald will be recast. The film will debut in theatres worldwide in the summer of 2022. Given the film was already some weeks into shooting, they will no doubt need to recast very swiftly and likely also have to reshoot many scenes, potentially at significant costs of struck sets needed to be reconstructed. That latter depends on where he comes in the film, because as a rule, Grindelwald isn't in it that much. He's usually either at the beginning or just at the end. And they, I'm yeah. loving their sunny optimism that they think anything will be back to normal by 2022. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. summer 2022, yeah. Mm, maybe. They also keep most of the sets for the um, exhibitions because the yeah. studio is right. right next door to the Harry Potter exhibition. Which is also closed. Yeah, but yeah. it means that they don't have to worry about storage for the sets at the moment. They can keep all of the they, sets. They just shove they them next to. door, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, interesting who they take. Do they go back to um, who's that guy they had before? Oh, can't remember. Yeah, yeah the I guy from Phone Booth and the likes. Yeah. Because he, he obviously played the role until he was transformed into his yeah. real... In, in disguise. Yeah, mm. Colin Farrell. That's it. That's the dude. Yeah, so they could go back to him, potentially, if he's not busy, because, of course, it's no notice. Not that anybody's yeah. doing much filming. So. I was yeah, going to say, he's not going to be overrun. At the moment, <laughs> I think most actors will be going, a job? Give me your hand. Yes, I would please. like to bite <laughs> it off, please. <laughs> yeah. Next bit of news... Jeffrey Palmer, dead. 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 Yes. Aww, Actor Jeffrey Dyson Palmer, OBE, has been deadpanned to death, aged 93. Yeah. Decent innings? Yeah. Very yeah. decent innings. Yeah. Yeah. And good use of the word deadpanning because that guy, yeah, oh completely. my word, he could deadpan better than anyone else in the business. Oh, yeah, completely, completely, yeah. Palmer's most famous for his numerous understated comedy roles, particularly in such mm-hmm. sitcoms as Butterflies, The Fall and Rise of <laughs> Reginald Perrin, and As Time Goes By. Latter of those saw him teamed up none other than Dame Judi Dench for 13 seasons. I didn't realise it, realize it went on for that long. Yeah, normally it went on for quite a while. She's a national treasure, don't she you is. She, yeah, she yeah. is, yes. Naturally had a Doctor Who connection, mm-hmm. several in fact. In several. 1970, mm. he appeared with John Pertwee in the Silurians. In 72, featured another Pertwee story, The Mutants. And then, over 30 years later, in 2007, joined David Tennant in Voyage of the Damned. Also his son, Charles Palmer, has directed several modern Who episodes, including Human Nature and Oxygen. Oh, didn't know that. No, neither did I. Yeah. Well, I didn't know they were related. <laughs> yeah, father and son. Uh, Dench described her co-star as the naughtiest man I've ever had the pleasure to work with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am quite interested in the fact that he, his Who stuff, because he's more known for comedy, and it did seem sort of a step outside his usual acting range. Yeah. yeah. 
Although that probably came later, didn't it? Where was Reginald Perrin and like that? Was later 70s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So was Butterflies. Yeah. So I remember Butterflies. And obviously, as time goes by, it was what, 80s, was it? I remember that quite. But yeah. even yeah. in those, yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't a stand-up. He was a straight man. Oh no, comedian. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was, he was the hard put upon dad. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. foil for most of the jokes. Yeah, rather than a, yeah. a Billy Connolly yeah. comedian. Yeah. yeah, but having said that, he did have wonderful comic timing. Oh, yeah. Some of the looks. <laughs> he could make you laugh with the look, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh well, I have so an avatum. Oh yeah, you mean a dedendum? An dedendum. An dedendum. What is your dedendum? Dum dum. John Fraser. Dead. Ah, uh, monitor. Oh, yes. 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 Monitor from Legopolis. Yeah. Legopolis. Mm. He's also been. The Grey Noel Edmonds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I like he'd that. Been in, um, that yeah. a num- he'd been in a lot of his stuff was much later. So things like the other, probably the biggest thing he's been in was El Cid, which won't yeah, mean yeah. a lot to our listeners, but. Of a certain generation, that was a big. I vaguely remember it, but never saw it. I think. But yeah, um, Matthew Waterhouse did a very nice tweet to to mark his passing. Yes, mm. mm-hmm. another another one. Bites the dust. Bites yeah. the dust. I <laughs> and the other addendum. I have an addendum. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yes, I have an addendum. Again, it's an ongoing thing that I occasionally pop up every couple of months or every couple of years. <laughs> okay, too much information. <laughs> Say nothing. <laughs> Um, Doctor Who role-playing game. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank I still you. picked up their 12th Doctor source book yet. I must do that. Well, it's been uh, a few years since we've had uh, anything official. Mm-hmm. But the unofficial expanded universe books that are completely fan-made and fan-based mm-hmm. have got up to the second half of the 7th Doctor books, which mm. is basically everything from Benny Run forward to the TV movie. Okay. Oh, right. All now, these... The new adventures the, this is the new it's adventures stuff, the bbc yeah. books the big finish stories wow comic strips and yeah. plus they've also done updates for the ones they've already released it's because it's an ongoing dynamic yeah. thing so Obviously, they've yeah. covered all the pertwee ones they've missed the tom baker ones they've missed yeah and then this started back in 2013, and it is still <laughs> ongoing. They've had a lot of free time recently. Well, <laughs> that, was, that was lockdown one. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder, yeah. it's, it's maybe McCoy's era is actually the biggest when you take into account all the expanded uh, universe yeah. stuff. Because mm. there is yeah. so much in those uh, intervening years. From Virgin New Adventures yep. and obviously Big Finish since then, and yeah. Because it's been so big, because this is the first one they've had to split. So you've got pre Benny yeah. and post Benny. <laughs> that should be the new way of judging time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was born 30 years PB. <laughs> pre Benny. Pre Benny. <laughs> uh, hopefully. It, it's the same links that we've set up before, but I'm sure if Adam has lost or misplaced them, I can send them to him if necessary. Oh, it's still in the old be... show notes so I can grab them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, attached on the show notes. And that's the end of the news. Right, recently we've been watching far too many trashy films. 80s. C-list films we've yeah. been watching. <laughs> so C, we Z. thought we would up our game this week. Oh, God. C+. plus. But then, <laughs> then we realised we couldn't think of a really good film we actually wanted to watch. <laughs> so we've watched Battle Beyond the Stars. Pause for music. Now, 
for those of you who don't know, Battle Beyond the Stars stars Richard Thomas, who played John Boy. Yep. Right, John, John Boy. John Boy in what? The Waltons. Waltons. What other John Boy was there? <laughs> there may be people who don't <laughs> know that. Well, <laughs> then they deserve to die. <laughs> Your heart was That was a little harsh. <laughs> that was a little harsh, yes. So, Richard Thomas, John Boy and the Waltons, quite frankly, apart from the original It, I haven't seen him in anything else. No, what happened to him after that? No idea. He plays... A young green farm boy. Farm boy. Apparently enough, it's like the Waltons again. It was at one point. Who has to? He lives on another planet from Earth, obviously, and he has to (laughs) take a ship and go out and find mercenaries to help save them from some evil dude. Sardor. That's the one. Isn't that where Tom's tank engine comes from? That was Sodor. (laughs) (laughs) So off he toddles to do his thing, and battles and jollity and death ensue. Lots of death. Lots yeah. of death. Magnificent Seven. Exactly. Which was based on the Seven Samurai. It is yeah. basically Seven Samurai. Yep. It is. Yep. Apparently yeah. not. So I've never the seen third it. Rip off I've seen so film. many different variations other people have done of it. I feel like I've seen it already. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Seven Samurai is brilliant. First thing I'd like to talk about is his ship. <laughs> now, from the front, from the front, his ship, Nell, mm-hmm. looks like... A rough drawing of the female reproductive system with a couple of boobs tacked on. Doesn't it just? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think from the side, it's more a feminine torso with her arms upraised. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The ship has boobies! Weird ship. Although I I love Nell. It was, yes. I love Nell the ship herself. I love the the, voice. It's it's like attitude-y computer. Sassy personality, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what did you chaps think of this disastrous film? Well, I I think it needs to be pointed out that it had Robert Vaughan in there. Yeah, from George Peppard. Hang hang on, hang on. Robert Vaughan was playing exactly the same role (laughs) that he played in uh, Magnificent Magnificent Seven, Seven. including (laughs) down to some of exactly the same lines. Yeah, and didn't really seem to care that he was there or not. He was just... (laughs) Yeah, no, it it didn't give it much. Apart from John Boy, none of them really did. I don't <laughs> George know. Pippard was playing um, the same character from the eighteen. I think George Peppard was enjoying himself, but yeah. he thought he was in a completely different film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably a much better one, frankly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the Valkyrie lady seemed to be giving a lot of herself to the performance. Oh, wasn't yeah. she just? Yeah. Yeah. But she did a lot of staring, you know, just lying in her ship and staring. And yeah. pressing buttons. And pressing buttons. I have to say, oh, she, that guy. She, she's oh. a guy who sat in the most awkward position to drive a plane yeah. I have ever, ship I've ever seen. And one of the guys, oh, he loved the, pressing the, his the, buttons. The, mu- the uh, mutant. Yeah, he had this panel full of buttons in front of them. And every single one of them seemed to be fu- seemed to fire the yeah, missiles. About a hundred <laughs> buttons. He was just pressing more. And, and he was theatrically pressing. It was. Those it buttons. was. It was very dramatic. Got to try them all. Somebody's gone to a lot of work to build that console. <laughs> You're going to press yeah. them all. Yeah. I noticed that they seem to have got a job lot of um, steering columns as well because most of the ships had the same kind of steering column. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The opening scenes reminded me very much of the openings of Star Wars. You can see there oh, was. Yeah. A lot of homage there. Oh yeah, big star destroyer type ship going over the camera. Yeah, even that's longer. What, that's what we, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> well, that's what we being... were saying. They they tried to do Star Wars, but 
especially at the beginning, but didn't get it anywhere near as good. Well, the no. other bit, I mean, the other bit to the Star Wars thing was also that instead of having a Death Star, you've got the, the thing that turns the planet into a sun oh, on yeah. board the ship. Stellar converter. The stellar converter was effectively the Death Star. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Literally the same idea. taking the word Death Star and turning your planet <laughs> into a star that's just killed you. <laughs> yeah. It is very, very derivative, both plot-wise from, obviously, Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurai, and in terms of aesthetic, they were trying to go for Star Wars. Mm, and yeah. I think the actual special effects are actually generally pretty good, given yeah. it's done on a tiny budget compared to Star Wars. Yeah, well, it's uh, Roger Corman. Have we mentioned Roger Corman? Mm-hmm. He was the uh, producer. Ro- he didn't direct yeah, Roger- the uh, special effects, sir. So. No, it was a Roger Corman production, and yeah. he is well-known, but certainly during the 60s, for gimmick... And rip-off films. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and as I said, for minimal, minimal budget. Oh, yeah. Small budget, trying to make as a bit well of money. As well as Magnificent Seven, we also had massive hints, spoiler music, la, 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 <laughs> of Blake Seven, especially the end. <laughs> Let's just take all these characters we've spent a good five minutes building up and just kill them. <laughs> I assume that's, again, back to the source material. I suspect yeah, yeah, not many the... of the uh, samurai survive. No. Uh, yeah, uh, and the, the Seven. But yeah. it, it totally, for me, it totally went against the feel of the film. The film was meant to be young boy, comes good, does well, saves planet, everyone lives happily ever after. So you think at least a couple of them. <laughs> just, <laughs> even just cowboy, couldn't he have sort of parachuted out as he was crashing? Yeah. And, yeah, stayed with the young lady. Yeah, and Valkyrie's death, yeah. Everybody, everybody dies. But you don't get even a proper send-off. You just have a one no. short scene where he says, as long as we remember them, they won't really be dead. Yeah. And that's well, it. Okay, is that it? That's the end of the film. End credits. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. We're, we're remembering them, so they're all still alive. So let's get on with our life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and is, even his own clashed. village has been decimated. His, his uh, father or whoever that figure is killed and everybody. Everybody's dead. Yeah. Also, I think the, the, the music, James Horner. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, was, Wrath of Khan. Yeah, I, I, rec- I recognise bits of Wrath of Khan. I'm not sure whether this is before or afterwards. So it's or like before. um it's like aliens. The yeah. bits lifted directly and just sort of dropped in. Yeah, so this is September nineteen eighty. So yeah. mm-hmm. it would have been before. Good three, three and a half years after Star Wars. Yeah. Well perhaps he figured no one's ever seen this film, so I'm just <clears> gonna <throat> use it for this big Star Trek well, film. I, I gotta admit <laughs> right. I, I saw uh, Battle Beyond the Stars, I saw Aliens and I saw Wrath of Khan. And it's not until I've seen them all recently I've sat there and think, Can I recognise this music? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Very distinctive style, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think for all of its, yeah, we've seen we've seen this story done umpteen different ways. The special effects, they're, yeah, they're a little bit ropey around the edge. You know, they were color separation overlay and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think Something it still stands up quite well visually. I oh, mean, yeah. there yeah. are certain parts of it that you sit there going, if this was remade now, you wouldn't get away with the. Oh, she's only a girl with the Valkyrie because she hurt his feelings. She would be kind of like a Wonder Woman character and given much more of a, a lead role. So you can tell the time it was it was filmed in very much from the characters and how they interrelate. That mm. reminds me, John Boy. So I can't remember the kid's name. Shad. Shad. Shag. Shad. Shad. Shad, yeah. <laughs> he had a problem with women, didn't he? He had a big problem with strong women. He was so rude to the Valkyrie. Mm. He yeah. um he he spoke to all the men as equals, 
But the women, he had a real snit over them. Yeah, that's what. So I was, yeah. J- John Boy was a sexist git. Yeah, that's what. I, that's what <laughs> I mean about if it, if it was made now, that would that character of the Valkyrie would be yeah. totally mm. different. It'd be handled so different. That that really shows up yeah. the age it was. <laughs> Then, well, then we have Nanella or whatever her name is, the daughter of that weird cyborg guy. And yeah. all he's interested in is getting her pregnant, apparently. Yeah, getting her laid. <laughs> so weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, she will stay in bed, my daughter. Prepare yeah. the nuptial suite. That was it, yeah. What the? <laughs> the conjugal suite. Refresh bedding. conjugal suite. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's something I noticed and we mentioned at the time is uh, the robot dance craze had just come in. Oh, yeah, because the robot, the, the androids. androids are all doing the whole robot yeah. straight on yeah, thing. Must be. What about our villain? Wasn't he, isn't he a nasty person? But I think he was miscast. Really? Watching him from blurry distance, yeah. I think Michael Ironside would have done a better job. <laughs> well, we sort of saw that in... Um, we did a oh, Adventures cr- in the crawl, Forbidden. Or, no, yeah, Adventures, in, adventures the forbidden. in the Forbidden Zone. Yeah, that's the one. Space Hunter. You sure it wasn't Hawk? <laughs> no, no, it's definitely not <laughs> Hawk. <laughs> but he was often cast as a villain, though, wasn't he, at that point? It, yeah. he, he was the go-to... Bad guy. Yeah. But, but usually have. he's a corporate go-to bad guy, <laughs> no, not a, a okay. deep space go-to yeah. bad guy. His odd arm. Mm. Yes. He's trying to live forever, apparently, just by placing his arm every now and then. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> not I, sure I, how that I think, works. I think from the scar <laughs> over his eye, he was slowly replacing all of him, except for his brain. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just happened to be the arm this time. The evil arm when the... <laughs> Nestor, yes. the, uh, the... Nestor, the group yeah. consciousness. consciousness. Yeah, they take control of his arm because he uh, kidnaps one of them. Yeah. <laughs> that, that got the me. spare. I sat there thinking, yeah, why wait till the arm's been fitted and then... Instantly attack him while he's on his guard. Let the arm do its thing, be under his control, and then when he's on his own, then yeah. you come yeah. while he's asleep, then <laughs> cut his throat with his own arm. Yeah. <laughs> if only we were there to tell them. I know. Uh, what other weird character we have? Rookie mistake. We, we had uh, Calvin, is it? The two lo- which would communicate oh. by changing their temperature. Oh, yeah, the yes, temperature the two, guys. The two little good. temperature kids, boys, girls. Yeah, no ears. Because they had to die yeah. for no apparent yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know Everyone if they else did, did because they took them away and put them in a, a chamber or something, so they might have been able to reboot their batteries. Maybe. We don't yeah. know. They may have Again, made we didn't it. get any real resolution, did we? I, no. I, I did like their governor, the, the lizard guy. Yeah. Mm. So you've got this big, monstrous lizard basically all green and and scaly but with such a refined british accent (laughs) (laughs) did you not know all all british all lizards or caimans are are british oh i did i didn't know that it's like baddies in american film yeah yeah british (laughs) yes it's almost like terry thomas at one point (laughs) when that scene where he'd caught her and she was tied up and held up onto the um bridge you you could see she was having to bend her knees to make it look like (laughs) she was hanging at some point yes yeah he had this great battle scene at the end, which mm, yeah. the actual yeah. miniature work is really pretty decent for its time, particularly given the oh, budget. Yeah. And everything. yeah. But then you you change the shot to them inside the ship. They're just sitting there, always motionless. Yeah. <laughs> the, the live action bit of it is no tension at all. No. Then you switch to the outside and you do those great manoeuvres. Yeah. It's really jarring. Yeah, it's a bad a, direction. It They've is. clearly not been told this is what's happening now. Yeah. Compare that to the end of the original Star Wars with the all the Death Star fighting. Yeah. And that's really good. You, you don't realise how good that is until you see yeah. it done badly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I think also the idea of how how space class react and that hadn't been set too much at that point. It's a bit like How Do Zombies Walk. That's very much out of one zombie movie and everyone went, yeah, that's how zombies walk and everyone copied <laughs> yeah. it. I think at this point, a lot of programs, it was either they were throwing themselves all around the place like there's no gravity inside a spaceship. Oh, right. Star you know, Trek. A fly hits the side <laughs> of it and they careen across. Or everything's stabilised because yeah. you're inside a kind of like gimbal thing and so it doesn't matter what happens on the outside of the ship you're stabilized inside and it it's it seems to have taken a while for the inside of a spacecraft acting to be established <laughs> mm. it's not even just them throwing themselves around it's just the way they're acting yeah it's, yeah okay that if you look at the x-wing pilots they they are calm mm. but you can still feel the tension and then yeah. when they mm. you know they scream when they when they killed and stuff like that yeah and it yeah. Does, yeah there's just so much more to it so I'm, they, I'm they, not... they jump forward while pressing the, the buttons while these ones just laid there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if the difference is acting to green screens and things not being there was just starting to be a thing. And if they made specific effort in terms of Star Wars to try and actually cast actors that at the auditions were able to act against a ping pong ball opposed Maybe. to a a name, so to speak, that they could afford. I don't know, because um, you go back to the 1960s with um, Lost in Space and even like things... Voyage to the bottom of the sea! <laughs> you know, people knew how to pretend they were pressing buttons. Mm, yeah. I, I, I think we're, we're actually possibly over-reading it. I think it's more <laughs> down to the fact that, right, we need this in one take, go for it, all oh, that's wonderful, next. Yeah, yeah. I still it, think it's bad direction. They, not, weren't, yeah. they weren't even told what to... Yeah, I, yeah, I am not denying it's bad direction. I, I'm yeah. saying it, it's more the level of a Roger Corman production. Is <laughs> we've got it in the can, doesn't matter, move on. Yeah, they <laughs> might have been not been told what, what was going on. You know, you're, you're going to yeah. be firing some... Fire at the spaceships. Well, what's that? Just fire at the spaceships so you don't know yeah. if you're yeah. under Precious attack or move what. the joystick. Yeah. yeah, I think what bother what bothers me most about this film, you've got things like Space Hunter and Hawk mm -hmm. and that that mm -hmm. are so very 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 bad. I will happily watch them many many times. <laughs> yeah. This is just middle of the road meh, mm. and that's about yeah. the that's about the worst thing a sci fi film can be. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just okay. Yeah, it's yeah, got exactly. some merit to it, but as a film, it doesn't quite hold together. I don't think the first half is John Boy just collecting his team. Then the second half is basically just a battle, which yeah, isn't and then particularly everyone what dies. Is. Yeah, bit of a shame. Then you get yeah. John Boy really angsty about taking life. And by the end of the film, he doesn't oh, care at all. Yes. That was yeah. the, what, was, what was the name of that religion they followed? The Vada. The Vada. I tell you, that boy was shallow. Not only was he a sexist git, but he was shallow. <laughs> yeah. He starts off, oh, the Vada says this, the Vada says that, etc., etc. And then he drops his principles at the drop of a hat whenever it suits him. Yeah. And only picks them up again, usually when a woman has said something he doesn't agree with. <laughs> he is shallow, sexist, and I was very disappointed you're, in him. You're, you're and Grandpa Walton would not have been pleased. <laughs> As cat. I say, it was Calm a movie down. of its time. <laughs> yeah. At least he got I... to show the woman this thing that earthlings call kissing. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs>
his Kirk moment. It's funny because I said to Keith when they'd met, when they had been put into the conjugal thing or whatever yeah. it was, yeah. and I said to Keith, oh my God, she's going to say, show me some of this earth thing called kissing. Yeah. Five minutes later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always word for word. I'm sure Red Dwarf must have got it from here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that the problem um, some of these have against the Seven Samurai and the Magnificent Seven is, at least with the Seven Samurai and the Magnificent Seven, you have your your hero or whatever on a horse riding across the desert, and you've got some lovely scenery, and you can do some wide angle. Pa- this you've got a spaceship going for empty space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there you've got people in the same yeah. suit. Yeah, they can interact with each other. Whereas here, they literally got a load of people just sat in the, on their own. Yeah, in a, a cockpit, slightly dodgy console and joystick. It, it, yeah. it just doesn't work as well necessarily. No. Not unless you get the yeah. right combination of um, characters. And this wasn't yeah. quite the right combination of characters. No. <laughs> okay, we would like to know what you chaps and chapesses etc. think of Battle Beyond the Stars. Mm. Do write to us and tell us via show. At staggering stories dot net. Between rubbish films and dodgy episodes of Doctor Who, we've also been watching The Mandalorian. Pause for music. So, Heath. And Adam? Hello. Hello. We'll just let the boys talk about this one. <laughs> yeah. Remember, no spoilers. Well, oh. nothing too major but, anyway. But but can't we mention no. that? <laughs> but what about... No. The, but it's an enormous... I will put a microphone up you. But the teeth! <laughs> no. <laughs> so as we record this, two episodes are out of season yep. two. And I've been very pleased with them so far. So, so far, so have I. I have to say, and I don't think this is an in any way spoiler, but uh, like... Uh, a first episode of Doctor Who in the new season. Mm-hmm. The first episode of Mandalorian, you can tell where the budget's gone. Both of them look really good. They're they're both high quality, but I think the the action and the pace for number the first episode is certainly a uh, watch this. This is fantastic <laughs> episode. It's a long episode too. It's about fifty two minutes and that. Yeah, is that yeah. the longest ever? Yeah. The last season they I, were often about half an hour. Uh, yeah, they were fairly fairly short and punchy, but yeah. this one was. I did, must yeah, admit, I quite... did think that first one was a bit too long. I I don't know. I don't think so. I didn't notice the time. Mm. It 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 did wrap me up and carry me along, and I was quite disappointed that I had to go back to work because I was watched the first one in my lunch hour. And okay, we well, should have had time. <laughs> I should have had time, but I was pottering around doing things and went late. But oh, okay, okay. But yeah, I was quite disappointed. But yeah, it, it gripped me and I didn't notice the hour, I've got to admit. Mm. What can we say? He's on Tatooine. He's yep. searching for the Mandalorians. Yeah, yeah. he's trying to find a connection to f- a tracker path to find Baby Yoda's people. Yeah, it's an odd way to go about it. I don't know why he needs to find his own people to find Baby Yoda's people, rather than just yeah. going directly to find Baby Yoda's people. But that's what he's doing. And that leads him in search of, well, they've been a sighting of somebody in Mandalorian armour. Yes. And that person may not actually be Mandalorian. No. But he may have some familiar armour. Yeah. You you don't necessarily need to be Mandalorian to wear the armour. But that apparently is a a slight against the Mandalorians. Yeah. You're not allowed to wear Mandalorian armour if you're not a Mandalorian. 
Yeah, like a kilt. Is that why he took a <laughs> lightsaber to his nuts? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> okay, so it's a very samurai kind of um, yeah. ethos, isn't yeah, it? Well, you can't you can't carry a samurai sword or dress as a samurai if you are not a samurai. I mean, the it has come across in previous episodes of this season that it, the man, to be a Mandalorian you more follow a creed than being a species mm. yeah that's obviously changed in the however many decades since the Mandalorians were just a race they're now more than that yeah 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 it's, it's, it's a, as I said it's a creed you follow the way this is mm. the way I have spoken <laughs> so that one is very much a creature episode mm. yes definitely and then episode two he still starts off on Tatooine, coming back from his previous yeah. adventures. Is waylaid by some bandits trying to uh, rob him. Yes. That was an excellent yeah. beginning. Yeah, but again, he, oh, yeah. he takes them out like the beginning of the first episode. He's very violent towards some underworld people. Here, he's very yeah. violent towards these uh, bandits, and yeah. all the time, Baby Yoda is watching. Yes, and he can't he can't the, help but wonder what influence this is going to have on the, the, the child. Yeah, he, it's not a, a very good upbringing. Well, it's in the first episode, is this a real place for a child? He's seen worse. Yeah, yeah. that's you know, really sad. Given last season, he nearly choked Doom to death. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, the boy's mm. got to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I'll t- tell you one thing about this episode, and mm-hmm. I will say nothing more about it mm-hmm. other than in this episode, Baby Yoda is putting in his initial training to become the Bishop of Bath and Wells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's all we will say. That's all you're going for. I mean, for, for all we know, the Yoda species could actually be quite violent creatures and the Yoda we know is the outlier, is the exception, which is why yeah. he doesn't live with the rest of them. They've kicked him out of his society. Could be. It could be sort of like, you know, people eating monsters Monsters that crush necks at the blink of an eye. Yeah, could be. Which mm. is why Mando's education for him is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder if we are deliberately moving down a path where Baby Yoda's going to become so powerful that Mando Dinjarin can't Pasta. control him, and yeah. f- and he's going down a darker path. So he has to give up Baby Yoda to his own people to try to get him back on the right path. Yeah, That might be the way they end up separating the two of them. Mm. This episode is a sidestep from the main task. Uh, Our hero is delayed for various reasons and has Mm. to do a side trek, a side quest. (laughs) Yeah, even the first episode was quite side questy. In fact, uh, apparently, I I can't remember, it's been a long time since I played it, but apparently this is effectively, the first episode is effectively a side quest from Knights of the Old Republic. I do, I do remember it, yes. Yeah. The uh, the 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 goal looked slightly different, if I remember rightly. It looked like uh, something more of a traditional creature. Yeah. In in the game, but uh, it, it fits the skeleton we saw. It does. Yeah. In uh, a new hope. No obvious arms and legs or wings or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big long neck. The premise of the duty with the side quests is is again very prevalent in a lot of Japanese films and series is where you know your Mm. task is to go from here to there and that's a nice straight walk but that's not the journey the journey is what you have to do upon that path and and that's very much that's like i mean it's the lord of the rings isn't it get this ring to there oh by the way we're going to send you off here there and everywhere you know if 
if it was as simple as, here's the baby, take it to his mum and dad, oh, and don't get sidetracked, you would have no mm, yeah. story. Yeah. I'd like to uh, take a step back for a moment, because I've just remembered something, certainly from the first episode. Mm-hmm. Easter eggs. Right. There's a few Easter eggs. One, sure. I think I can go as far as mention the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. And another one... R5. Tattooing. Yeah, R5. Tattooing. You saw R5 complete with the little oil splot on his head with the thing jumped out. Motivator. Yep. The, yep. the yep. bad motivator shot out. So we've got <laughs> R5. And also the from the episode two, the white spiders, the big white spider creatures. Yeah. They have popped up in a couple of books. They may be the source of spice on Kessel. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> They're certainly from, taken from, from uh, Ralph McQuarrie's artwork. It was yeah, originally they originally proposed the for page. Empire Strikes Back, but never got included. Yeah. I thought the worms were the spice on Kessel. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I could be mistaken, but I know these <laughs> yeah, white spiders were definitely on Kessel in, in one of the books. Mm, okay. I must give a shout out to the frog lady, though. <laughs> the second episode. She was brilliant. Couldn't speak I a word of basic. More, can't yeah. say anything more about her. No, but, that episode, you have very few human faces. Yeah. It's quite a small yeah. contained thing. The main characters are all either faces covered or they're not human. And they yeah. don't speak any English. The only humans we had behind, besides Mando was the two X-Wing pilots. Yeah. No, and the um the woman. Oh, the, the, at the beginning. She was right at the beginning, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, but for the most of it, it is just Mando, Frog Lady and uh, Baby Yoda. Yeah. But it's amazing how much they can get out of those characters. Yeah. <laughs> Frog Lady, really expressive as well. And yeah. Oh, completely. Really, yeah. I really mean, well done. I know it's got a very strong vibe, but for both these episodes, they really leaned into the Western. Particularly that first one, when he arrived in the yeah. town. <laughs> That's completely... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Moseyed on him. <laughs> yeah. The second one was more of a horror film. Yeah, I'll give you that. But again, wonderfully done. And, and I like the fact that no matter what he does, things end up going bad. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like he Indiana seems, Jones. He does seem to sigh a lot. I've he noticed. does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing ever goes smoothly. Yeah. And his yeah. ship is in a right old state. Interesting. Oh. Very good. Oh. <laughs> uh. she, his ship, she got torn apart by the Jowers last uh, season, Yeah, didn't yeah, she, she? T- took yeah. them apart. She, take, she takes a dent or two. In those first two episodes. Yeah, yeah at least. <laughs> so I look forward to seeing where that goes. They're, they're not in a oh, hurry yeah. to bring back the main arc plots, points of Moff no. Gideon and potentially Boba Fett or anything that yeah. they hinted at in season one. They're not coming yeah. back just yet. The Moff is still there because the, he's in the previously on. So that is still going on. Mm. Yeah. But he's just not featured. I like the fact the second episode had quite a lot of callbacks to episode five, is it? The one on the prison ship. A lot of people yeah. said, oh, that's just a nothing episode. It's just a filler. But it does <laughs> does play into it's, the overall thing. There is no such thing as a filler. Everything no. has some form of repercussion. Yeah, absolutely. His actions there do play an important role in this second play episode. Play out here. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. I like that a lot. Mm. Okay. okay. I look forward to watching these then. Mmm. Watch yeah. it, it has the done seal of approval. <laughs> and of course, should we do it again? Okay. If you've managed to see any of The Mandalorian, we'd like to know <laughs> what you think of it. How can they do this? I don't know. How can they do this? They could write to show at Staggering Stories dot net. <laughs> <laughs> also, this year we can watch it at the same time as the Americans. <laughs> yes, Yay! we can. This time yes. last year, we didn't have Disney Plus in this country. We, we had to go abroad to, to see it. Then we did. <laughs> we did. We specifically flew abroad to watch it. That was an expensive flight. It was. It was. We've done yeah, that just for a two-day yet. convention, so I wouldn't put it past the Swimming <laughs> <entire> series. <laughs> <laughs> 
31 years ago, this very week, Doctor Who fans sat down to watch a episode of Doctor Who written by some little-known writer called Douglas Adams. I think he went on to write some other stuff as well that people quite liked. So we thought in homage we would watch Creature from the Pit. Written by David Fisher. Okay, you were so keen to introduce this, madam. What did you think of it? This actually is 41 years old this this week. It went out in 1979 (laughs) in November, October, November. That Um, surprised me. I've seen every single episode of Doctor Who at least three times. So there's none of them I haven't seen. Even the Feast of Stephen? (laughs) I've lived for all, even the retcons. Um, (laughs) But I have forgotten quite a bit about this one. So it was actually quite nice. It was a must remember. Yeah, it's it's not one of those ones I go back to and watch quite often. So it was nice to actually watch a story where I remember some of it, but some of it was like watching it new again. I quite enjoy this one. I mean, it's got the the weird blowjob scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where the fourth doctor is giving an, a weird alien oral satisfaction. It's all well, some planet's like, uh, just uh, the way you just say hello. Yeah. Uh, uh, How the hell he did that scene without cracking up? I don't know. Apparently, they did a commentary, and uh, at that point, Tom Baker channeled uh, David Tennant, and you could hear him say, "I'm sorry. I am. I am so so sorry." <laughs> but it's it's oh, not bad. Yeah. It's of its. There was a, a series of them at that point, which sort of like yeah. canine was in, and the damsel in distress, and something nasty in the duck team. This and is season a, seventeen. Yeah, they yeah. All had a pretty the Tom Baker comedy formula. half hour. Yeah, there's nothing to make them stand out, but they're also not going to be in the oh my gods, I never want to watch that one again bracket. Horns and Naimon. Yeah. <laughs> How many Which times can we make weeks you later. watch it? <laughs> but yeah, you got things like the wolf weeds, the chainable yep. tumbleweed. Oh. And you've got, mm. um, oh God, what what did he used to be in? The words of gummy. No. <laughs> cat weasel. No, cat weasel. Jeffrey Bowden. Jeffrey Bowden. He was the crow man. Mm. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And you also had the um, band of bad, bothersome Baldricks. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and the completely unnecessary death of their leader at the end. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Well, acting still. It. Crump. But, but some yeah, wonderful overacting for the lady Adastra. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm the Empress of my kingdom. So we should just probably say the basics of the plot, shouldn't we? Go on, then. You Turns it. out that an alien ambassador or trade emissary lands on a planet of what seems to be a dozen people, savage people, <laughs> and the woman in charge, hearing what he proposed, or it proposed, decides, I don't like that because that would mean my hoard of metal, which is really precious on this planet, to be worthless. So I'm going to chuck him into a pit and leave him there to die and throw the odd malcontent down that pit to be eaten by the creature, this alien he was, emissary. He was going to we call it the pit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to offer a trade because the planet that they're on, metal's a rare commodity, but um, what, what is it he lives on? Chlorophyll. Chlorophyll well, yeah, is quite plus. common, whereas yeah. the planet he's from, chloroform is quite rare, whereas metal is quite common. So he was, he, the poser was they did a trade, effectively, but she just hmm. happens to be the only mine owner on the entire planet. Yeah. Yeah. 
So how does a creature evolve on a planet where there's no food for it? <laughs> um... Well, I, I think I think there was a lots and lots of food for it. It just went mad, overpopulated, and sort of destroyed the ozone, wiped uh, out the forests, okay. polluted sounds, sounds the like rivers. You, you it, being it? political? Uh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. I don't understand creatures that would be that stupid. <laughs> I don't understand how on the planet there is only one mine. One area that produces the ore needed to make a metal. I don't know how they've got that yeah. civilised and built buildings like that if they've only got exactly. very little bits well. of metal. Mind you, the Egyptians yeah. did quite well and they didn't have metal. Yes, of course they did. What do you think their swords were made of? Brass, mainly. But, but I mean, Brush, yeah, they did. Metal, <laughs> mo- most of most of what they built the pyramids was was stones. They sort of yeah, like yeah, used stones no, to yeah. build stones, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not even very clear why they care about metal so much, other than the fact it's, it's rare. They don't seem to mm. do anything with it. It's just ornamental. Oh, no. I was going to say, they made a very nice bowl. They do make mm. the odd bowl, the odd sword mm. and stuff like that. <laughs> the odd ornament. But Dagger, so yeah. what? <laughs> People but can live without pretty. that. <laughs> yeah, as ever with oh. Doctor Who in this era, the world building is not great. It's hard to believe there's an entire civilization there. It feels like literally a dozen people. <laughs> mm, yeah. And also, um, another thing not overly keen on, I don't like this version of K9. No. Oh, yeah. The, the, David Bryan. The voice. Yeah. yeah. It's David Bryan. It's, it's not the voice we're used to it. And he no. comes across as snooty, yeah. supercilious. He's yeah. quite emotional, um, isn't he? Yeah. 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 It's, it's just not, yeah, he's no John Leeson. No, no. This is his first no. one, apparently. At, at the time, funny enough, there, there was obviously some fans that liked him, but there was a bit of a backlash at the time. I remember there was a lot of us who went, no, no, this isn't yeah. right. A, a backlash among Doctor Who fans when things <laughs> change? Surely not. Yeah. It's, it's a rarity, I, I know. <laughs> I, I think he misjudged the personality. Yeah, the, I don't. Uh, I don't know if yeah. he was so desperate not to be copying John Leeson that be. he just took it a bit too far the other way. It Maybe. Could be. And apparently, he often wasn't there for rehearsals, and he wasn't crawling along on the ground on all fours like John Leeson used to. <laughs> used to do. Yeah, <laughs> he had a different way of doing it. If he, yeah. if he'd been first, we'd probably think he's the real canine. But yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. he, yeah. he yeah. came yeah. after John Leeson, and of course, John Leeson came back after him. So yeah, he's the odd canine, unfortunately. <laughs> The outfit that Adrasta was wearing, the headdress. Mm. Oh, with the car. Did they reuse it for Jacqueline Hill in Melka later on? They may have done. They dyed it white. (laughs) Did look familiar. Yeah, Yeah. similar. Yeah. Yeah, it, just, it just looked, yeah. yeah. Well, I look, might be talking. You box. look at the makeup she's wearing, it's very reminiscent of Vok robot makeup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They paint half her head grey, basically, isn't it? Apart from the actual face, the rest of her head is grey. Yeah. Like a under well, a chin it, it, at the it, side of her head. Not so much grey, it's silver. I think it's more sort of uh, dark within the. the way, yeah. It's metallic, so. Yeah, this is what. This showing way, off the money. The Vok robots in yeah. 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 Kudos to Lala Ward. Yeah. Anyone else who can deliver the line OK9, K9, K9, K9 in so <laughs> many different... It was like Eldred must live yeah. all over again. <laughs> different emotional... And she did that without laughing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. She, there was there was even some hand clutching. Yeah. <laughs> hand sure, there's much hand laughter clutching. in rehearsal, but yeah. <laughs> oh, it was, it was genius. <laughs> She was yes, quite it's... bloodthirsty, actually. She used K9 basically as a weapon throughout the story. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
pointing yeah. at things. Kill canine kid. Yeah. Zap. <laughs> Although the um, reflecting the beam off the mirror or off the um dinner plate. Yeah, the dinner plate. That mm-hmm. was that was excellent. Yeah. I, I know I complain about him quite a bit, but I, I did like some of the must have been the Tom Baker ad libbing, especially mm. after he'd just fallen down the tunnel mm. and the um <laughs> the how to rock climb written yeah. in Tibetan. So he yeah. pulls out a how to read Tibet, Tibetan. <laughs> Tibetan book and also tapping in the pinions for the rock climbing oh, and, the getting, cla- yeah, the... and getting his thumb. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I must complain about that cliffhanger. It's very different to the edit you get on the recap on the next episode. Yeah, the recap. Yeah. This yeah. Is the first bit, the rope comes off with he's hanging on. Yeah. None of that was there. <laughs> yeah, that that well, the, frequently happened back then. But yeah, it, the end yeah. of one episode didn't quite reflect into the beginning of the next. Yeah, it's quite yeah. blatant in this case. Yeah. I always feel cheated when that happens. <laughs> yeah, not quite as bad as with uh, Mark of the Rani. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was the one. I was trying to think of the one that had us all going, what the hell? Well, it's the joys of, of videotape. <laughs> the joys of repeating it. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did you think of this one then, generally? Good? Generally, it was... Mm. I mean, we we seem to have had a, a week of watching middle of the road, yeah. neither here, neither there stuff, because yeah. this is one I wouldn't go out of my way to watch again, but if it was on, I might, but I wouldn't be overly bothered. Yeah. It wasn't bad, it wasn't good. Innocuous. That's that's why it didn't ring that many bells for me because it's one of those ones that it's not the um, oh god, I need to cheer myself up. What shall I watch? It's not one of the ones that jumps out to be watched that often. Yeah. It's Mm. no keeper of Traken. No, I was was going to say. I was going to say it's no time lash. <laughs> Let's face it, if you want to be cheered up, you watch time lash. <laughs> oh, God. Given the previous story was City of Death, which mm. you consider a bit of a classic. Yeah. And I, th- yeah. I think it's got a little bit too much running around, but even still, that had a, a real charm to it, a, a real sense of place and some great characters in the count and what have you. Duggan! Yeah, Duggan, <laughs> of course. Here you get that weird tribe of beardies. The Baldricks. Yeah, well, doing it, nothing really. I've got to say... I've got to say, the, the commander of the Baldrick seemed to be channeling Fagan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at times. Fagan character. But with, with, yeah. with none of the um, poise, oh, yeah. talent yeah. and <laughs> ability of Ron Moody. I, I, I admit that, yeah. Though we did have Terry Walsh as a did character. We? Yeah. Which one was Terry Walsh? Uh, Doran. He's one of the guards, I think. Yeah, he's one of the guards. He died ah. quite early. But he got quite a few lines. Mm. Yeah. Well, didn't deliver them very well, but he got quite a few yeah. lines. Well, no one else was, so we didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what they were actually doing with this one. After this one, we had Nightmare of Eden, and then it was the Horns of Nymon. They were just preparing us for what was to come. <laughs> yeah. you, you can actually chart the downward spiral between uh, City of Death and uh, Horns of Nymon. It's a, a steep curve. Yeah. If we want to sort of put this in a political term, this was the George W to the Trump that was just round the corner. <laughs> I, n- not Allowed us to look back on it fondly. Yeah. <laughs> not, not to put Douglas Adams down, because he is a fairly good writer, I believe. You know, he, he did have some yeah. literary success. He didn't write this. I thought it was a Douglas Adams. He, he, script, he was script editor, but actually it was written by editor. David Fisher. David Fisher. I do apologise. Yeah. <laughs> say say sorry to Douglas. Sorry, Douglas. <laughs> I do really get the feeling that this was a filler story. Yeah, oh, I don't get the feeling it was anything more than a filler. They shot all their budget going to France. Yeah. 
Yeah. How many sets did they have here? They had the pit, the throne room, and... And the cave. The tunnel. The cave tunnels. The And the hideout. The hut. <laughs> and the hideout, yeah. yeah. So very <laughs> yeah. few, and they were reused a lot. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think they certainly... The imagination outstripped the budget with Etro, the massive yeah. protoplasmic yeah. testicle. <laughs> yeah. It's the best way I can describe Again, I, it. I wonder if, if Red Dwarf were influenced by that, because that is very much like the Gelf. <laughs> yes. Big well, green yeah, exactly. dwarf with a little hand tentacle. type thing. Yeah. Let's just say, to, let's uh, just uh, say uh, tentacle. tentacle. I yeah. suspect very strongly influenced by this. Yeah. <laughs> that whole scene with him communicating before they had the communicator thing, that was just weird. <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. So they, they, wrong. He knew what he was doing. Sure. He knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the fact they let him do it, though. No, I know. <laughs> I suppose it was either that or his hand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. If someone said to me, would you recommend this to be something someone hadn't <laughs> seen before to introduce them into no. Doctor Who or whatever, this is not no. one of the ones that would be on the list. This is very no. much one to put on while you're ironing. You want some Doctor yep. Who on, but you don't really want to pay any attention to either, it. <laughs> either that, either that, or uh, a bottle of Jack Daniels, so you can get comfortably buzzed. Yeah, mm. it's not horrendous. It just just washes over you a bit. Yeah. Well, this was the issue with a lot of season seventeen, though. I mean, City of Death was the notable exception, but it was a filler season to a large extent. Yeah. Well, yes, it is. Maybe they're all tired. It was the end I of think... an era. It was pretty much, wasn't it? So. Yeah. It's Graham Harper's last season, Williams. I think. Sorry, Graham Williams' last season. Yeah, it is. I think they've probably had their budget slashed, and as you said, they spent most of it going to uh, Paris. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's a bit of a shame when you consider it is Doug Adams's time as script editor. You yeah. would have expected smarter stuff, really. But... This is also the last story directed by Christopher Barry. <laughs> mm. Gave up in disgust after this one, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Not directing another Doctor, that's the quality of script you me. Never again. So I think this was... Yeah, it was a case of it was at the end of one era and another era was yeah. starting and it was just stuck in that hiatus in the middle. It was getting tired. Mm. Yeah. Okay, guess what I'm going to say. Um, You want cake? Oh, I always want cake. Oh, okay then, I'll see what you I can You love do. green In the books? meantime, though. Why? Well, I love most things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, do we remember our order this time, chaps? I haven't got it wrong yet. I know it's you them haven't. Two. It's them yeah. two. Them, yeah. 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 I keep yeah. saying the right one, but someone keeps usurping me. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'd like to know what you thought of Creature from the Pit. We don't want any rhyming words to describe it. <laughs> Just Please send your feedback right in a rhyme all the way through. <laughs> to show at staggering stories dot net. Yay! We got it Right, before we get on to any feedback, we have an announcement. It is that time of year again, or nearly. We have some Christmas cards to give away. Christmas. If you'd like a free Christmas card from the team, send us your name, your postal address to the usual feedback email. Do you want to give it again? <laughs> just gave no, it. no, quite <laughs> frankly, if they haven't been listening, they don't deserve Christmas cards. True, that's Ooh. very true. <laughs> and, harsh. and it has a genuine signature for me on it for a change. <laughs> yeah, just the well, very night before lockdown. How do they know? They have nothing to compare it with. How do they know it's yours? <laughs> because usually Actually, you lot don't even bother things. to forge mine. That's because you were dead to us. Yeah. Adam, who is the fine, fine artist who has created the Christmas card for us? Yes, we 
commissioned a special piece of artwork from Grant Perkins. It's really good. It is. Yeah. It is. He's worked on some Doctor Who strips before, and yeah, it is really good. There's a little taste of it on the Facebook page, but uh, there's only a, a little mm. corner of it. The entire thing yeah. is, is uh, even better. So that makes it a bit of rare Doctor Who merchandise in its own right. It does. <laughs> link, to his, link to his page in the show notes. Yep, definitely give these artists your support, because obviously they're not at uh, conventions. They can't uh, sell their wares as they normally would at conventions right now. Right. Some of you have been writing to us. Thank you. Thank you. And some of you thank paid you. attention when we gave out the address. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> and thank you especially. It's really nice of... Sorry. Just thanking. No, I know you were. That's very good. Thank You're you. a good boy and you remembered your manners. Thank you. Okay, but shush now. We've heard from Naya. Oh, Hello, Naya. Naya says... Hello, staggering storytellers. Hello, Hello. Hello. Sorry I missed sending in some feedback. Times have been interesting Haven't leading up just. to our election, just yeah. which is happening today, and I'm trying to avoid as much as possible. I voted early. Good for you. It, it, well, I think it went in your favour. You might have noticed. <laughs> Finally catching up, and I wanted to agree with you about Enola Holmes. Isn't it charming? <laughs> it was an charming. utter delight, even if I had to mentally stop substitute Myron every time I mentioned Mycroft, for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> the story needed a villain in the family to encourage Enola to run away on her own. Yeah. But as everyone noticed, Myron was the exact opposite of the original Doyle Mycroft in every way. Mm-hmm. Gene's right. Yeah, really? Uh, what? What? <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she spelt dick wrong. Oh. <laughs> oh. Breaking the fourth wall is a way of keeping the story light, so I yeah. liked when Enola spoke directly to the audience, mm. especially whenever she admitted she'd made a mistake. <laughs> and Karen's right too. <laughs> Never. Never. Burn Gorman always plays a baddie because he's got the face for it. Yeah. <laughs> he, talk he talked about that once at Chicago TARDIS back in the before time when we gathered indoors at conventions. <laughs> he called himself lipless yeah. <laughs> and said he was always going to be cast as a villain because of it. Yeah. A bit sad because he gives every every indication of being a warm caring intellectual person <laughs> in real life but perhaps what was best for millie bb a yeah. kid actor however precocious is going to need to be smacked around by someone who's actually, <laughs> who's actually going to be as gentle as possible. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've I've seen some bloopers and they seem to be having loads of fun and laughter together. Oh. I'm looking forward to the next Enola movie, yes. which will hopefully be a thing when filming is possible again. Yeah. Hopefully Millie won't be too old for the role. Yay. Thank you, Naya. P.S. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that the Pudsy people have a relationship with Build-A-Bear. I'd long oh. given up on getting the long sold out 13th Doctor Bear but she's come back into stock along with the new Pudsies oh. so now I have a Pudsy 10 and a Build-A-Bear 13 on their way oh, congratulations someday I'm going to have to sew a long coat for Sherlock Bear to be and knit a jumper for Watson Bear to be <laughs> I have the bears but not the clothes for them they're naked hopefully oh. the doctors will be unconcerned by ursine nudity <laughs> <laughs> thank you Naya thank you Always a pleasure. On Anola Holmes, have you heard that the um, Holmes estate are trying to sue the... Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we mentioned that last time. Because uh, yeah. he's too emotional. It's yes. crazy, isn't it? Crazy. It is. Hmm. They need to work out their toll copyright system. It yeah, is mad. It is a bit mad. So it was written over 100 years ago now. How is it still in copyright? It's, well, I think, <laughs> yeah. I it's think only the, the latter books or something. They yeah, still have the copyright. That's the only because they changed the copyright laws after the first few books had already gone out of copyright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
We have one here from Andrew Scott. Hello, Hello Andrew Scott. Dear Staggerers, hope you're all keeping safe and well. Yes, thank you, we are. Yes, we yeah. are. Thank yeah. you. Think so. I've been watching ST Discovery, a program that seems oh. to be getting better each season. Having mm-hmm. just seen episode four, Forget to Me Not, I've had to yep. reach for the Kleenex. I know Easter Ooh, eggs get overused, but a small sprinkling <laughs> does no harm. <laughs> Speaking of which, the Mandalorian, with its yep. really cute baby Yoda, is also getting <laughs> off to a rip-roaring start, which seems to have various mm-hmm. YouTube channelers overwrought over Barbara Fett Easter eggs. Anyway, oh, yeah. off to rewatch an episode of Ghost to Lighten the Lockdown. All the best, <laughs> Andrew Scott. Oh, I have to say, Thank Ghost you. this season was good. <laughs> I've yet to see any of it. I must catch it. I recommend it. I do recommend it. Before we go to any more feedback, Mm -hmm. um, I I can see a face glaring out of doom behind Adam, and I'm really, (laughs) really, I don't think we can take much more. No, no, I I think we should ignore him again. What's the worst that could happen? No, don't. You said it. You said it. All right. Please ignore her, oh great one. She speaketh not for the rest of us. Indeed. All together now. Oh, Madney Paddy. Oh, Madney Paddy. All right then. One, two, three. Hello, and various other things. Yep, yeah, that we can't see, but no. I'm sure we're there. <laughs> you lot of wimps. Yes. <laughs> and now, after all that lovely feedback, mm. it's time to amble across to Crumbly's Corner. Crumbly's Corner. Hello, Crumbly here, with another lockdown edition of Crumbly's Corner for you all. Yes, Bojo has seen fit to have us all locked in our own homes in order to save Christmas. But in the meantime, I've been able to turn my attention to Doctor Who, the creature from the pit. I must concur with my learned colleague Keith. This episode does uh, fall into the Tom Baker comedy half hour, but it's not as bad as, say, Horns of Nymon, but is seen on numerous occasions to be skirting around the fringes of silliness. Any old iron is definitely not on the agenda, as the Doctor, Canine and Romana find themselves on a lush verdant jungle planet called Chloris, ruled over by the Lady Astra and her minions. There is also the added bonus of the creature, a giant green blob that wanders the cave systems below, accidentally trundling over anyone who crosses the Lady Astra and gets chucked into the pit. However, this giant green blob is called Erato, Imprisoned 15 years ago through no fault of its own when all it wanted to do was to try and forge a trade agreement. I always thought that Irato was a name given to one of the uh, Greek muses, or a Nereid, or a Dryad, who was a priestess of the god Pan. Eventually, the Doctor learns to uh, communicate with Irato, uh, learns of its plight, and also discovers that, uh, that Irato's peers want to throw a dwarf star into the path of Chloris. Memorable bits that stick in my mind are the gang of rather hapless uh, metal scavengers who briefly imprison Romana. She easily hoodwinks them and is able to escape. What else? The wolfweeds are amusing. Just imagine tumbleweeds with a bad attitude who get some sort of twisted pleasure out of the whip being cracked at them by their handler. Now, on this occasion, I must disagree with my learned colleagues and say Tom Baker was not fellating Arato. I believe he was emulating the late great Barbara Woodhouse a well-known dog trainer who was on British TV back in the uh, 1970s. One of her favourite tricks was to blow up a dog's nose in order to uh, placate them. Summing up, Creature from the Pit is not going to be up in the higher echelons of classic Who, but if you want a good laugh, then you can't go far wrong. OK, we at Staggering Stories have been guilty of reviewing some hefty chunks of 80s cheese 
namely Hawk, the Slayer, the strangely fascinating waxed and hairless torso of Mark's uh, singer in Beastmaster. But now we're going to throw the whole dairy at you. One of our listeners suggested this, and so it's time to quail at the cinematic enema that is Battle Beyond the Stars. I guess I'll watch this movie in the same way that a rabbit watches the headlights of its uh, approaching nemesis, unable to look away but compelled to watch. It stars Richard Thomas, John Boy and the Waltons, as Shad, a young man who sees his villagers threatened by the villainous interplanetary warlord Sador, a rather more camp version of Xenu, so beloved of Scientologists everywhere. He is given the unenviable task of gathering together a band of fighters and mercenaries in order to combat the threat posed by Sador. Right, where do I start? Never before have I seen a spaceship sporting what appeared to be a splendid pair of boobs. I know all ships are given female attributes, but this was taking it to extremes. The aforementioned bust was almost equaled by that sported by the Valkyrie, St. Exmin. The size and depth of her cleavage would have any potential foes mesmerised and easily dispatched by her, therefore bypassing her need to sort of, uh, find herself worthy of battle. The whole movie is a sci-fi tip of the hat to the magnificent uh, boobs, sorry, seven, and Robert Vaughan reprises his role from the Western original. All throughout the movie, his expression is so fixed and impassive that he must be harbouring a great need to exonerate himself from his past crimes, or maybe just harbouring a great need to have a good fart. The Gestalt entity called Nestor was interesting. They decided to take part in the combat because it would give them something to do, like putting the time-honoured evil hand trick on the wicked warlord Sador. John Saxon seems to have cornered the market in over-the-top villains, and I am surprised there was anything left of his starship, as he must have been taking beaver-sized chunks out of the scenery. Additionally, George Peppard, just before his 18 days, appears as Space Cowboy, who befriends Shad and acts as his mentor. Other memorable, if that's the right uh, term, characters include the reptilian K-Man of the Lambda, who wants Sador's head on a, on a spike and his nuts on a silver platter, and the Kelvins, two odd little aliens who com- communicate through heat and prove their worth in battle. Uh, it seems that Battle Beyond the Stars was very derivative, not just that it was, it was because it was a remake of The Magnificent Seven, but for the, uh, for the way it plagiarised sound effects from ranging from Star Trek to the original Battlestar Galactica. Okay, it was hokey, it was camp, it turned the cheese up to 11, but strangely compelling in its own inimitable way. Anyway, enough of my ramblings. I'll be back for another Crumbly's Corner very soon and hopefully be back in the studio next month. Until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. And that was Crumbly's Corner. Crumbly's Corner! Doesn't he talk tosh sometimes? (laughs) I'm surprised he doesn't think that the the communication efforts that Tom Baker is trying to make weren't... <laughs> weren't quite as disgusting as we thought they were. So he was saying yeah. he was saying there that he thought it was something to do with Barbara Woodhouse. I vaguely remember Barbara uh, Woodhouse, but I don't remember fellating dogs. <laughs> well, when the cameras stopped rolling. Well, okay. Yes, what was yeah. it? Are you trying to say that he was yeah. naked, pressed up against the uh, <laughs> etro? Lead us out, Adam. Oh, and so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Oh. But never fear. In the next one, there'll be more of the same. Oh, oh God. More fun, frivolity and jollity. More news and reviews. More who older than you. And so until that... L for laxadaisical. Lactating. Lascivious. Lascivious? Lascivious. Lecherous. <laughs> Lonesome. Leech. Lush-like. Comes lolloping. Towards us. Towards us. <laughs> this is me, Adam, saying be seeing you. Farewell. Au revoir. Oh, bye-bye.
You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 354, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Fake Keith, Gene Riddler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speakers and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers on the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this has been an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. Here we are in lockdown two. Sense of deja vu. We're stuck in a chronic hysteresis. Yeah, she's wash- washing herself and licking the headphones. Now she's gone back to washing yeah. herself again. <laughs> you got a sniff. That was it. Trump nearly <laughs> wins the election, possibly still. <laughs> he's not winning, God. No chance at all. Yeah, he's gone. But um, did you see, I think it was ABC, was saying there's fireworks in London due to this and someone nipped on Twitter and said, it's bo- it's bonfire night, you know, <laughs> that's why there's fireworks in London. This is to do oh, with us trying geez. to destroy our parliament. We're just, we've been through it. We're watching you from afar. <laughs> I'm Jean. Woo. I'm Adam. I'm Fakey. Oh dear. <laughs> and it's already going wrong. We forgot. All right, Gene, Gene, Adam, me, him. Okay. Yep. Hey, Crunchy. <laughs> You're podcasting. Stop talking to the cat. Oh, I can talk to the cat. Hello, you. Hello. That'll be on the stars. Oh, yes. I thought you were doing the arches. <laughs> no, that's... Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Stop! You had to start her off, didn't well, you? Well, no one's there to throw things at her. Adam, move your head about five inches to the right. To my right? Yeah. Oh. One inch the other way. There, he looks like he's got a big orange nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Too much whiskey. <laughs> he got problems if it goes orange. <laughs> well, that's Trump's excuse, I don't know. <laughs> Did you have to just walk round me in front of the camera? I mean, why? Because have a I cat have cats. <laughs> oh, what's that noise? Sorry, that that was. I'll turn my microphone off. I can tell you what that noise was. It was the labour drilling. I'll turn my phone on to Mike. Mike on to mute. (laughs) Staggering. (laughs) (laughs) Fight, 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 fight. Shall I do staggering? Yeah, yes. Do staggering. Right, start again. Forty-one years. Oh, sorry, I burped. (laughs) She did. It was an exorcist burp. Oh, it wouldn't matter. He could have just cancelled that out. He could have done. Yeah, carry on, dude. She, she's grinning. At, she has that grin. No, that, that's on. her. I'm going Grimace. to. Pe- I'm going to rip your tits off and use them as coffee cups. Grin. Yes, yes. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Did did we get all the um Christmas cards signed? Yep. What did you think of the card, Jean? Ah, oh, brilliant. Wasn't it good? Thank you. He's putting the microphone next to Crunchy so we can pick up the purring. <laughs> okay. <laughs>